Just a quick note here at the top of the episode, if you noticed in the podcast description, this is part one of a two-part conversation on firearms. Uh, So this week is part one. We'll put a pen in our conversation at the end of this episode and then pick it up next week with part two. So this is part one of a two-part conversation. Hello and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson and I'm here today with... Mac Cordell, reporter. Kayleen Petrovia, reporter. Ali Lanassa, reporter. And managing editor Chad Williamson. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of stories that uh, we recently run in our papers and certainly have been the topic of conversation um, statewide, but really kind of nationwide. Uh, But here in Ohio, they have to do with uh, Senate Bill 215 and House Bill 99, uh, both uh, pieces of legislation having to do with uh, firearms. Uh, House Bill 99 is a a piece of legislation that was passed, uh, signed by Governor DeWine uh, this month, that... uh, basically reduces the the amount of training that teachers or uh, school staff have to get in order to carry a firearm in schools. Um, And then Senate Bill 215 is a piece of legislation that allows uh, kind of a permitless uh, carry of uh, firearms. So you can get one without uh, having to go through the training and permit process. So where do you guys want to begin? Let's start with a concealed concealed carry changes. Um, You wrote the story on those. Do you want to just give a little background on kind of everything that Sure. That transpired and, and the ch- the major changes kind of that came to it. Yeah. So with when it uh, so Senate Bill two fifteen um, was a, a kind of it's been a conversation again in Ohio for for a little while, um, and it had I don't remember exactly what the the numbers were on that in terms of of how it passed, but essentially it gives. Um, Legal adults, and in the bill, that's kind of defined as it. it ha- the bill sets very particular parameters around what they define as a legal adult. You can't have, um, you know, essentially criminal records. You have to be, uh, you know, a citizen of the of the state and of the country. You have to, have, you know, it, it's it basically lays out this entire process. You have to be twenty one. Have to be twenty one. It's not eighteen. Um, and so, yeah. So essentially, you can you can go uh, buy a weapon without doing the concealed carry. Um, uh, training, so and, which, you, and you can carry it concealed, correct? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which yes. which originally was, you, I think you initially when Ohio first voted that, and you needed eighteen hours of training, mm-hmm. and then that got reduced to twelve, and then maybe I think it was eight at the end. It was eight. It, it may have, and it was broken down initially. You needed certain level of classroom training, and then certain level of on the range training, as I recall. So, you know, Ohio's. You could always carry a gun in Ohio, as l- at least as long as I can remember ever caring about right. it. But you couldn't conceal it. Right. If you could put it on your hip, you could have a rifle slung across your back right. and walk down the street, which is why when people used to protest at the state house and wanted concealed carry, they'd be marching around with guns. And people were like, well, how can they do that? It's like, well, that's allowed. People don't really realize that. But, you know, even most gun people recognize that. You don't necessarily want everybody knowing you've got a gun on you that somebody's behind you or, you know, that they could grab or hit you in the head and take it from you. You know, it's 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 safer for everybody, honestly, if it's everybody's well-being, if, if it's concealed. I mean, that sounds strange, except for police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> except for police. I guess I should say that police would, you know, rather know at all times who's got a gun and who doesn't. But if, you, if someone's in Kroger next to you and they've got a gun under their shirt and you don't know it, it's probably better for your mental well-being. If you've got your kid with you and you look over and they've got a six-shooter on their waist, right? and now maybe your child's scared, you have to explain to them what's going on. 
So I actually uh, saw that today. <laughs> yeah, I went. I went to Kroger and saw somebody with a gun in there. You actually the, saw it. Yeah, in the back. You know of their what's pants. funny? I look all the time to just to see if I can see if people are wearing concealed and have only on a couple of occasions ever seen. It was because some goober had some huge gun under their mm-hmm. shirt, and you could see something sticking up. That's weird that you saw that, and I yeah, just I look for it in the back and never see it. You know, but the idea that did he have a shirt over it, or we just he had a, a shirt that was tucked into his jeans, and then it was just kind of so he wasn't into his waistline. Yeah, no, no, it was right out there. I, I like the old law as written. You know, it gave, it gave some some classroom work, some firearms work, some. When can you and when can't you shoot? Yep, you're right. That's that's a situational things protected the public, but also that hopefully protected the gun carrier. You know, this the way it has been changed now, and I guess I should say right up front that I have a concealed carry permit, and I carry a gun when I'm allowed to. Um, but I don't like this at all. Um, I know a lot of gun people do because they say the right to bear an arm, bear arms is in the Constitution sure. and it should not be infringed on. It does not say you can bear arms if you pass a class right. and pay a fee. It didn't say shouldn't be. It's you know, and they say, well, and then people come back with, you know, we license vehicles. Well, that's not in the Constitution. Well, there were no vehicles in the Constitution. <laughs> the Constitution was written, there were no right, vehicles right. around. I mean, that's a bad argument. Yeah. You know, we, we regulate any number of things. For reasons that have changed through time, right? Um, you need a license to be a barber. I, you know, I I don't understand as a responsible gun owner or carrier why you would not want. I see nothing but I see nothing but negative. I see nothing but negative out of this. I guess I should probably say another thing that changes. Now, if you you can still get a license, you can still go through the training, and get a license, and the reason people might wonder why you would do that is because not all states. Right. Are permitless carry state. So if you cross a state line, if you get a permit in Ohio, that has reciprocity into every state. Is it that, every, every yes, state? Every as I understood it in the training, every state it's a uniform kind of training, at least framework, so that you have reciprocity in other states that allow permitted okay. carry. Not okay. every state, right? Every permitted carry state. Um, that does not. That is not the case with just Ohio's law where you can carry. You can't go marching into Kentucky as an Ohio resident and and carry. So that's in place too. There's also a situation where you, one of the laws used to be that in the presence of a police officer at the first kind of available time, you had to tell them you were carrying a gun and that's no longer, if they ask, you have to. You know, basically in a traffic stop, you would have to put your kind of put your gun up on the thing right. and, and give them your license and say, hey, here, here this is. That's no longer there. Now, police, I would think the first thing you're going to say to anyone sure. now, traffic stop, they walk up to people, mm-hmm. you especially know, now, right. looking into, hey, we heard a loud noise. You guys all carrying what's going on? You know, you, so you're supposed to at, you're supposed to tell them. Um, but I don't know what your I don't know what your legal responsibility to answer that question. You have to tell them Do if they ask you. You have to tell them. That's that's part okay. of the that's you know that okay. was left in. Good. I, yeah. You you can't you can't lie and say it's none of your business, right. or you know, or say it's none of your business. So, but there are just so many pitfalls to this to just repealing any kind of. 
you know, oversight in this. And most of it is just to protect people from themselves. I hate to say that, mm-hmm. but you know people that shouldn't carry a gun. Mm-hmm. I know people that shouldn't carry a gun. Sure. I know people that maybe could carry a gun, but they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I would say 50% of the guns you see on television shows are stuffed into the back or front of or side of a waistband or a with, no, or a Kroger, right. <laughs> with no guard over the trigger to stop an accidental firing of that thing if it catches, you know, catches on something. And that's a huge piece of firearm safety is to protect the trigger. Yet in movies and everything, they always just stick a regular gun down the back of their pants and head out the door. If people do that, they're going to blow their leg off or worse parts. Sure. I mean, they're going to – I'm telling you, like, but no one – there's no one there to tell that. There's a part on – in the class I took about holsters. Yeah. In which the various kinds, you know, and, and, the, and the things that are in place on those that make them good or bad holsters and when they should be carried, what types. I mean, there's a whole thing in that. Not anymore. Now people just grab a gun and go, you know, throw it wherever the heck they want to. You know, I know somebody that carried, had a gun in a purse. This was a person that had a permit, had it in a purse, loose. Nothing on the trigger, covering the trigger. So, you know, one lip balm container pushes against something and goes into that trigger and that thing fires. You know, and... This is the kind of stuff that I'm I'm just afraid is going to happen. You know, you don't have the training on on when you can shoot and when you can't shoot. When somebody's stealing your lawnmower out in your backyard, you can't shoot that person. Yeah. I but know. we're offering no training to people now. We just say, well, we'll tell them after they do it. Ignorance is no excuse for right. the law, and right. we'll charge them, but that won't bring somebody back. But we let them be ignorant intentionally. Yeah, so. like we require nothing. I mean, it— there's going to be so many situations like that. I, I just, it, it will be, you know, may, maybe I'm gloom and doom and it, maybe it won't. But I, I just see as people. Certainly more than there needs to be. As people just start to pick these things up and head out the door. And look, I'm not, I'm not the person that thinks the government should be able to, you know, monitor everything you do and have a running registry of who has firearms and what firearm. But being responsible and having a minimal amount of, you know, going through something as short as an eight-hour training class just shows that you care enough about the yeah. ability to carry this you gun take that you want to yeah. be safe with it and you right. want to know what you can and can't do. And you give an ounce of thought to this. And we've just emptied out the cup so you don't have to have that ounce of thought anymore. Right. You can, If you've got a gun in your house and you always wanted to carry, you can head out the door. You can throw it in your purse. You can throw it in your car. You know, you, you can do whatever you want with it. And <laughs> that's, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. When I lived in Pennsylvania, um, I had a concealed carry permit, uh, but you did not need training to get the permit, but you did need to go through a background check. And again, you had to have a permit, and that permit was logged with the sheriff's office. You had to get the permit. Yeah. You know, strange as I find that a little, I would be a little off put by that. That's more of just a list. Well, that way, well, that way, of if, who if has poli- yes, if police, if police okay. stopped you, they okay. kind of had that, that that list. They didn't. I, I understand that. I guess I understand that, but also it just rings of we're just keeping a list of people who 
right. have guns. My thing is more about just being responsible with it. No, them. I get that. And, and requiring some some skill, some thoughtfulness in in what you're walking down the street with. That concern is uh, – so for the article that, that I wrote, I talked to, to Sheriff Jamie Patton, and he, he kind of shared that uh, a similar concern. He kind of mentioned that um, – you know, in, in his estimation, there were a lot of uh, sheriffs around the state of Ohio, uh, if not all of them, were were kind of still sending messages or, or putting uh, information out in the community, kind of urging people to, to kind of, even though this is now law, to kind of not ignore it, but to kind of bypass it and go ahead and do this. Go ahead and do the right, training. It doesn't prohibit you from getting and, the training. And yeah. a lot of his reasoning was kind of a, a similar thing is because, you know, people, people think about it, you know, I was going to say earlier – this sort of I referred to it as permitless carry. You know, as as everything is, this always has a sort of polarized kind of uh, uh, conversation around it. And so there are some that frame it as permitless carry, and some who frame it as constitutional carry. Right. So that even the wording has a sure. kind of certain connotation. Sure. You can um, tell what kind of person you're talking to based on depending based on, on which how they phrase it. Right. Yeah. And so you know, he had talked about it's kind of like you know, it, it, yeah, they're they're with that information now out there. Uh, or with with putting that information out there, he's hoping that people take into consideration the things that you were saying that, you know, incidents in, in the county of, of violence, you know, we've talked about uh, domestic violence incidents, um, gun violence. Um, the sheriff mentioned road rage in our conversation. Uh, incidents of that have gone up. Um, and so, you know, these kind of sort of high tension environment that we that we live in, it's like, you know, there's a concern there that if you're not aware of the law and you don't have that background and being like, oh, this is exactly the right kind of situation where this is inappropriate to do, that's not necessarily going to come to your mind if you've not been exposed to the to that particular kind of I'd training. Make, I'd make the argument that the person – look, we saw the city put out a, hey, can you reduce water usage a little bit? Just be a little mindful of it. And they were met with, don't tell me what to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, essentially yeah. online. Just sure. essentially, even though it costs money, you're paying for every drop of water that comes out of your spigot. People said, don't tell me what to do. I'll waste as much water as I want to. You know, the people that when Jamie Patton says, we think it's still responsible for people to do that. The people who will do that never needed to be told. Yeah, and the people yeah. he's speaking to will, will never, never take the class. Right. Absolutely. So, but, but just in terms of framing it, but you know, if, if you're curious of, cause those, it. those same people sort of value the, the sort of law enforcement, you know, law and order attitude of, uh, you know, you know, sort of. You think they do, but well, they some of them. Do, I, I, I know they. Evidence we, I, think, I think we've saw that in the last couple of years that maybe that's law and order. Well. We've we've slapped tyranny on a lot of things now that mm-hmm. <laughs> the law and order crowd used to. Right. You know, we've we've we Either get around police, law and order by claiming tyranny. Right. Police officers shouldn't tread on me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just in terms of kind of where the where law enforcement, I didn't talk to. Um, to uh, the police department here in Marysville um, or other municipalities, but kind of use the sheriff as a kind of governing, you know, uh, uh, voice in this. And, and from what I understood from him, that was kind of the the consensus across law enforcement was that it, you know, there is obviously the law is the law. They're gonna they're gonna follow follow it as it is. But it uh, just that that being put out there is a is a concern that he has as a kind of you don't know and you don't want one more part of the conversation to be, you know. The lack of, like, everybody knows the age to be able to drive a car. 
But you're going to have 18-year-old kids pick up a gun, stick it down their pants, and head out sure. down the street. They're not going to know they're supposed to be 21. Sure. You know, you're not going to—you're going to have idiots that don't know if we're having a dispute over putting my garbage cans behind my thing that I can't pull out a gun yep. and hold it to de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I didn't point it at him. I didn't shoot him. Well, you still can't brandish it like sure. that. You know, that's not the point of it. Like, if you pull it out, it's supposed to be in a situation where where you could conceivably use it, where you feel threatened, not you're just arguing with your neighbor. Like, well, that, I mean, that's part of the training as well, right? We the, have none of that. There's none of that out there now. So, you know, you know, people are going to talk at their dinner table in the months ahead. Hey, uh, Betty down the street, I, I didn't realize that, you know, anybody, or, anybody can carry a gun now. Uh, you got your your dad's old gun in there. Maybe we ought to, you know, put it in the glove compartment of our car, and you know, cause road rage, and you know, right. just oh, stuff yeah, like that. Or, I put it in. I put it in my purse. Or, I'm you know. moving in from Columbus. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, we're going down to Easton. I'm going to put. I'm going to. We're going out for drinks at Easton. I'm going to put the gun in the purse. <laughs> right. Well, that's. I mean, that. That's the first thing you can't have. You can't have a thimbleful of alcohol in your system and carry, still carry that gun. Yeah. Right. Right. Who's telling people that? Yep. They'll go into Applebee's <laughs> to have a fine sure. bourbon steak. Date and, night. A margarita they didn't plan on drinking, yep. or three, with a gun on their hip. And now that's a felony, and they don't know it. But you, I, I remember I remember I wrote a column about when they changed the rules about you, um, whether you could have them in a bar. Now you can – it used to be that you couldn't have a gun in a bar – and you couldn't have a gun like at a sports stadium, and then they changed the law that you could have it in a bar as long as you didn't drink. You know, and same with the sports stadium. And I, I wrote a column about. I don't hey, think you can take it. I don't think you can still take it in a sports stadium. I'm not positive of that. Okay. I would just assume almost anywhere um, where you have a large group of people, it's they don't let them take you. And even if it would be allowed, if they allow it, most of them have it marked. That's what I think it was. Hey, most the stadium bars do could, too. The I don't know. Could allow it, but, any bars. Um, maybe some rep. May, it's kind of that thing. Is, is it a restaurant or a bar? Yeah. Is it a bar that serves food or a restaurant that serves drinks? And, right. you know, a lot of them, um, I would say a, a majority of places that serve alcohol do have a sign that says. Yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's appropriate. But, again, I almost got drummed out of my out of my barbershop for when they, when they read that I had, you know, oh, yeah. was, was, <laughs> thought that people who were drinking when guns didn't belong anywhere near alcohol – that just how is that? Is how is that thought? responsible gun ownership? How, how is that responsible to think? Well, guns and alcohol have mixed as long as we've been a country. It may be true. It doesn't make it responsible. Right. We used to have duels too. Right. Like, let's not do that anymore. You know, you can learn <laughs> as you go through history. Right. I mean, and change. I mean, you guys shall not. Infringe. You two. Well, I feel like we're leaving out yeah. the uh, <laughs> Kayleen and Allie. You guys don't carry guns that I know of, or maybe you do. I'm fairly certain you don't. Does does this move change like anything you would think about? You know, because I think I made a joke to you about when you go running and you know, when when a woman jogs, a lot of times there, it's a there's a vulnerability there because you run on trails that sometimes are remote or whatever. And I said, well, it's a little rough to run with a gun, but would you ever think of something like that? Or or you know, just if you're going somewhere where alone or whatever, does it change? Does, does the permitting process change your mentality in that at all? Well, I'm not really predisposed to want to carry a gun with me to begin with, but I think part of that is that I have no education surrounding it whatsoever. I've never even held a gun in my life. I've never shot one. So 
I would not want to have one because I don't know how to use one appropriately. See, that's responsible. But that's, that's exactly what I'm talking and about. Not yeah. just because I could I could hurt someone else, I could hurt myself. Like so many accidents could happen. But I think, like for an example, one of my old roommates and a friend of mine who's this around the same age as me works in the ER at Riverside Hospital, and she works the night shift, and she sees a lot of injuries that are gun-related crimes and things like this and she actually went through the process to get her ccw just because she felt like if i'm dealing with so many injuries related to guns i should at least have some base knowledge of how a gun is supposed to be used and she just felt like for herself it would be smart to know that and i think anyone maybe in my scenario who is not someone who's like, oh yeah, I should have a gun just because it's my right, would probably feel more encouraged to own one if it was a requirement to go through all of this. Like, I don't think my friend ever will really carry a gun with her, and I don't think she would have been inclined to go purchase a gun or go shooting or anything like that if it wasn't just that she wanted to know how this should be used. So that's kind of my thought on it. (laughs) Sure. I agree. I think I would support responsible gun ownership that has the training because it does make me a little nervous like as a woman I feel like I'm always already on high alert when I'm going places by myself or like coming home late at night um you know from a a meeting or whatever it may be and just kind of like walking to my car by myself and I always like kind of keep like my keys my pepper spray in hand and but like that's not going to go that far if someone has a gun and so that does make me a little bit nervous so I would definitely prefer more training and that's not see and that's again that's responsible that's mm-hmm. you aren't the kind of people i'm talking about that's if you don't exactly want to have right. one I, I absolutely get that i'm more afraid of the people that the eight hour class was keeping them from carrying it mm-hmm. yeah those are the kind of people that shouldn't carry a gun mm-hmm. you know it's just in my opinion I, look if you think the constitution is your God-given right, as as I've heard quoted, your God-given right to carry a gun. I don't know where that was. You know, if, if we're so uh, bound by the written word on things, is that in there, Mac? The, fi- it, the, it, the God-given right to firearms in the Bible? It is not. No, okay. the, the, so constitution, the, constitution, the Constitution. The Constitution gives it has it. Okay. Uh, Bible I, and the Constitution I, I was, very was, different, separate almost. Pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty solid on that one. But I wanted yeah. to make sure that we have chosen to separate. So you know, those. Just guns, guns for guns sake is not the way to go. And I, and I have friends, you know, I wouldn't call myself a gun nut. And I have some friends that are far more into the firearm culture than I am who kind of are at the level of you don't infringe on any level because then that leads to government oppression. You, you open the door a crack and it swings all the way open. And I tend to not be that way. I tend to be parental in it. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. want to stay out till midnight, show me you can come home at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Right. You know, come home at 11 o'clock on time for six months and show me you're responsible and we'll talk about midnight. Mm-hmm. In my mind, let the public show under a permitted thing, you know, we can be responsible and then we can talk about adjustments or whatever. I, I'm okay with that because I don't want the door to get slammed because everybody's out there with guns in their purse and nothing covering the trigger and, you know, somebody gets their toe blown off in, in the checkout line at Kroger. And, I'm, I am 100% with you. I don't you know why it's always Kroger. I don't Kroger. mean to besmirch Kroger. I'm acting like right. it's a Wild West in Kroger. It's just for some reason all my, all my scenarios are in Kroger uh, right that's now. That's what I saw today. So, you know. I don't know what 
what precipitated the change? What what made legislators say, you know what, here is the, the pressing problem in the state of Ohio. We need to reduce the number of hours. We need to eliminate the training for guides. Once we do that, we're good to go. Like, I don't know, was, I don't know what sparked that change. Was this in progress before the recent shootings? I it, think it was. Us? It always flares up. Yeah. It's always, it always comes around, but I, I don't know. If I'm the NRA or Buckeye Firearms Association pushing this, I don't know what you benefit. I don't know where the benefit is. I Does this really promote more gun sales? Are people really going to buy because they wouldn't go through a, a, a $70 class to get their, their license? To me, I kind of wonder, like, I'm certain that there were people before this legislation was signed that if they wanted a gun but felt like they should be able to have one without a permit, had a gun anyways through some illegal means. So I just feel like, is this like emboldening people to be like, I do what I want. I have a gun if I want it. So I don't know. It seems almost as though, I know you said that the cost isn't so high, but that even like removing a cost for some people as opposed to removing the training would be the way to decrease barriers for people who want to like promote access to gun ownership. So to me, that seems more logical than saying like, just have it if you want it. <laughs> Make the training free. Mm-hmm. And, but there would still, you know, it would, I don't, I don't think that moves the needle at all. I think it's all the same. And I just don't know who, I don't know who this benefits. The upside honestly, is, I like, can, go ahead. other than people that are just lazy, yeah. Other than people that are just lazy and careless, you know, just don't plan ahead and, oh, I mean, you know, I keep meaning to do it. Well, you probably shouldn't have a gun on your hand. Anyway. <laughs> you know, or those just aren't the people you want anyway. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm with you. I don't know where the benefit. I don't know who is pushing this, and I don't know why. Other than strict constitutionalists that just think the government doesn't have a right to know or, or infringe any in any way. But I, I think I think— that those folks, the, the folks who are the, the like that far to the to the extreme, likely aren't um, concealed carry anyway. They're very comfortable open carrying their weapon. You know, what I mean, they're they are one hundred percent okay having it on their hip and making sure everybody sees it. So but somebody's fought for it. So I I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I I don't know. I, I I would love for someone deep in the industry to tell me, or maybe a politician can tell me why. Who, who wins? Who wins from this? Well, I mean, to some degree, it, it might be the politicians. I mean, <laughs> at the risk of sounding too cynical, the, the sure, you know, when it comes to Governor DeWine or comes to the sort of um, Republican Congress people who are kind of leading this charge, I mean, you know, every time we have incidents of gun violence in, in the country, um, whether it's schools, which we'll talk about, of course, but like, in really any incidents of, of, of gun violence, but particularly the kind that are the kind of mass shooting incidents, you know, the question of how do we stop this? How do we – what do we do about this always comes up. And I think to some degree, you know, obviously this is complete speculation on my part. But, you know, in terms of the sort of political strategy, I mean the people who pushed this and, and approved it and signed it and so forth now have a, a couple of things on the list to be like, well, what do, we, what do we do about guns? We just passed two laws in Ohio about guns that are – a, B, C, D. And so there, there is a suggestion that is now uh, – there's a, some kind of track record in terms of, well, well, we got this going. This is what this stands for. This is what this means. And it – you know. There's, so, so as far you know, as gun owners, I, I don't know. But <laughs> you, 
you make money when there's blood in the streets and that idea. Maybe when you are a politician on the right, you know, there's, there's been a lot of incidents of gun violence in the last two years, three years. Sure. Um, you know, not just in schools and we've right. had it in nightclubs. We've had it in shopping concerts, centers, shopping centers, churches. Yeah. So there is a lot of fear among some people rolling around and maybe in that chaos, I don't know whether the gun lobby pushes or the politicians see the opportunity and entice, but if I was a politician and I saw this, I said, hey, right now is the time when people are going to push. You should push back stronger and we can get some legislation through if you you know, donate to my PAC, if you donate to my campaign and, and, and you you see what could be as a, a fearful time for everyone in the gun industry or pro-gun groups, and you start soliciting money and making moves, you know, and helps your re-election bids. Well, and I also do think that um, these these type of, of laws, right, um, help a legislator get the A-plus rating from the Absolutely. NRA. And that, so there are certain groups that I go to to say, okay, how did... How does this group rate this legislator? Mm-hmm. And for people, you know, even you don't have to be a gun nut, right? My guess is, my guess is, Chad, that you look at what the NRA, how the NRA rates a politician, even though you are a responsible gun owner, you would look at, okay, what does the NRA say about this politician? And if they get an A plus rating from the NRA, that's going to carry some weight with you. Um, there are. And so this this helps legislators get that A plus rating. Yeah, strength. One of these articles I was reading before we did this podcast actually had mentioned some legislators and named their ratings, mm-hmm. which is funny. But um, honestly, myself, I and I know I'm not the typical, but I wouldn't want an A plus rating. <laughs> to me, an A plus rating from a person means they don't think; they just vote. It's just this is what they're voting. I would rather. I, I'm much more. There's a lady's name I've got here. Uh, who's an Ohio uh, Republican who voted against the teacher, arming teachers bill and why. And I'd much rather have somebody like that that's at least going into it thoughtful as opposed mm-hmm. to right. rubber stamping it because they're getting money. I'd ra- I would not want an A+. Plus. You know, not that you have much choice around here anyway, but... Yeah, it's, you know. it's like that. The the money and the sort of political influence is is even kind of one step. I, I'm just thinking of it in terms of, you know, the next time, next time these people are making a... Uh, you know, a commercial that airs between the evening news, it's going to be, you know, here's my bullet point number one, which is, you know, I'm sure, of course, leads to things like getting money from from support groups. And so, heck, it was a, somebody uh, just made it. It wasn't around here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Greitens. Is Greitens, that the, the, the Missouri the candidate? Rhino hunting? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Did you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He apparently comes out with a gun and says, I'm going rhino hunting. He's got like a SWAT team with him that throws a flashbang through a building. There are no he, tag limits. No there are bat, no expiration. Yes. We're hunting all of the rhinos. There's a flashbang in, walks through the smoke, and you gotta get those rhinos that way. Well, I mean, I've seen you know Josh Mandel ran on pro guns, pro God, pro God, pro guns, pro Trump. Yeah, but, but was, he, I don't think he like, ever put a gun on his back and said, "I'm is, going, Ryan, I'm, I'm going, going hunting Democrats." Or yes. yeah, he's yeah. Hunting, hunting people in his own party, you know. It, but you know, yeah, it's so that's where we're at. I mean, unfortunately, flashing a gun is good theater for certain sure. voter segments. So. Well, and, and I mean the primary. 
we all know that the the answer to those questions of what do we do about all this is are, are far more complex. As demonstrate, you know, you you sort of hate to bring this up because you know immediately people will sort of counter this who who whether they identify in, in this environment or they don't. But I mean, you know, America has a gun culture, and that gun culture is within it fractured and different types of people in terms of what that is defined as. But there is a certain uh, comfortability and a certain, uh, you know, I would even go far to the extreme side and say a, a, almost a kind of f- fetishization of, because yeah, there, there's, I mean, the moment that the weak, I, There's a lot of people that makes the weak feel powerful. And well, we, there's that, but there's... We've got incidents of that walking around us yeah, all the time. Absolutely. But I would, I would even say things like, you know, the moment that, I mean, of course, this is a marketing thing, but the moment that I saw sort of pink camo handgun that it's, there's a little bit of a kind of... Well, that's a pandering. Well, sure, it's pandering, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, where you're going to buy this because the same way, the same reason you would buy a T-shirt. And it's like, if we start thinking of, of guns and T-shirts as the same product oh, to yeah. buy, that's where we've kind of gone off the deep they end. Started, they started making gun accessories that had skull and crossbones yeah. on them, and, and peop- you, could, you could engrave, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out, all that. Yeah. And then, like, at the class, I, they said, hey... Don't, do don't put that crap on your guns. Right. And everybody's like, why? I, you know, a tough guy, whatever. And they're like, yeah, you shoot somebody and it goes to a jury and they put out, kill them all, let God sort them out on the side of your gun out as exhibit A. It looks like you were dying to shoot somebody. Right. And now you got a problem. You know, and that's part of the things people don't, you're, you're exactly right. There's all, look, I know those things are out there. I see yeah. that stuff. Right. You know, and that's uh, that. And the and cultural side is harder to. I mean, you can't if people people have a freedom to do whatever. And changing a kind of entrenched culture is different than saying, "Hey, we passed, you know, Senate Bill two fifteen. We're constitutionally ready to go." And it's regardless of what you think about that, it is a, a step forward in some capacity for some uh, for some ways of thinking about that. And so, you know, you can't change the culture, but you could change the law, and the laws got changed and. Now we can point to it and say, "Hey, we did this." Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> there's the problem is I don't I don't know that we ever come back from this. I don't know that we ever I don't know that you ever reinstitute a licensure process that was taken away. Some event that sort of I mean because that, because my God, like now it would I mean it would the uproar. Yeah. Now now you would really inflame some people who weren't really weren't clamoring for permitless carry but if you start if you go backwards they see it as well the next step is you're doing away with the permit altogether when you gave them the permit to okay you can carry concealed but you need a permit they felt like you were giving something and they were giving something and you know so there was some middle ground now you would just be taking away because now there is no there's Mm -hmm. no give and take you've given them everything there's no that's right that's right there's nothing there's no way where to negotiate one and no no way to make everybody feel like they've won. All right, well that's going to be the show for this week. As we mentioned at the top of the show, this is going to be part 1 of a two-part conversation, so we're just putting a pin in this conversation and we're going to pick it up next week. Next week's show is going to discuss House Bill 99. That's the piece of the legislation that Governor Mike DeWine signed into law uh, on June 13th, dealing with school districts being permitted to uh, allow their faculty and staff to carry a firearm on school property. Uh, they have to go through a process to do so, but this bill gives them the opportunity to go 
that route. So that conversation we'll have next week in part two. As we always ask, if you if you enjoy the show, if you like what you hear, please be sure and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as many other podcast platforms. So please subscribe, tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.